0: I'm your host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from McAllen, Texas, deep in the heart of the lower Rio Grande Valley. Come along with us for a fascinating conversation with McAllen resident, retired Army Bird Colonel Frank Plummer, a combat veteran who served in World War II, Korea, and two tours in Vietnam. Colonel Plummer is the visionary and driver behind the inception and ongoing development of the Veterans War Memorial of Texas. By the way, at the end of Colonel Plummer's fascinating conversation about the Veterans Memorial, if you have time, be sure to stay tuned for a second segment where Frank Plummer shares his incredible career in the United States Army, commencing when he volunteered in 1943 through his retirement following the Vietnam War.
1: Frank plumber. Colonel retired in the United States Army. People here in this valley, almost every home has someone that served in the military. And that's how we came up with this idea of memorial.
0: When did the memorial start and what is it formerly called?
1: We started in 1988. It's called the Veterans War Memorial of Texas. And we developed the Veterans War Memorial Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization to administer to it. And from 1988 on, We worked every which way to make it possible to get donations. The city of McAllen accepted the location and gave us at that time a five-acre tract of land next to the future convention center. And from then on, we've been working to develop it.
0: And give us a brief visual word picture of the memorial and what somebody would experience here today.
1: Well, when you first arrive, you'll see extending up in the air about a hundred and five feet a black granite spire. It's called the American Spire of Honor. This spire, it represents, and of course it's a symbol of American gratitude, but it honors the 1.3 million American men and women in the military forces, U.S. forces, killed in all the wars and conflicts. As you approach you then see that we have around it an area that looks like a track around a football field. We'll visualize the center of that area of a track. That's where we have the memorial divided into five sections at the base. World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, all wars. So we have five sections there, five sides to the spire. As you come in, you'll see granite walls. Today we have about 215 granite panels. Many of them are inscribed with histories and stories about people and conflict. They're set up sort of like a teacher's schoolroom, homeroom teacher. We're trying to make everything we have information on for historical purposes. Our studies indicated that, and just recently too, that for instance, that approximately 12% of the seniors in our colleges and high schools in the United States are proficient in history. That's down from what it was 10 years ago. Then it was 14%. The fifth grades are around 14%. So our purpose here is to build something of a lasting importance that people can remember the exploits and the need for history. As we know, the precious... Freedoms and liberty we have are gifts, they're not rights. They are gifts that are earned. And we have 1.3 million Americans killed in creating, building, and securing the United States of America. In the Civil War alone, we had over a million casualties. We fought there to decide are we going to continue as one nation or two nations. So we've all paid a very high price for the freedoms that we enjoy today. And of course, they're under fire all the time, and they could be lost. Just look about Libya, Syria, Yemen, and all these different countries that are now fighting to regain what they lost. Freedom can slip away so easily if you allow it. And now we have a new threat with the 9/11 incident, where terrorists are now striking at the heart of America. For instance, yesterday was a. 7th of December. There are more people killed in the 9-11 attack on those Twin Towers than were killed at Pearl Harbor on the 7th of December 1941. More people killed, twice as many. So we have war that continues to hammer at our doors and conflict to try to take away those freedoms that we enjoy. Therefore, by using the memorial we can remember the importance of patriotism, the importance of being prepared to defend that which is so precious to all of us.
0: Talk to us for a moment about the women who served in the military, in the Air Service, in the Red Cross and whatnot, and how you honor the female vets.
1: We're very fortunate here. We have presently have four statues of females. Now, most of us know the importance of what women have contributed in wars, but the newcomers don't realize that the women contributed so much. In World War II, we had several million women that went into the forces, the workforces, in the factories, off the home, running, the, running the, the stores, and relieving men to fight. They replaced, for instance, in the Navy, they replaced enough men to float a battleship, several destroyers, and several other line units, army, so forth. They all replaced men in the combat role. The women, as we talked, the WASP, they flew every aircraft that the United States had, including the B-17 bomber. So, their contributions to the military has been well registered. Beginning back in the Revolutionary Wars, where they were served as spies, up through the Civil War where they actually served in the military forces until they were wounded and discovered to be women. They have contributed into every war we have had. In World War One, we finally put them into our service when the naval had forces in World War One, the women did. Then in World War Two, now, believe it or not, about 75% of all jobs that men hold in the army are replaced by women. And we have women in combat today, unheard of in the past. So our nation owes a great deal. And I often think about when a son is killed or someone is wounded or a daughter is killed, the mother and the father and the loved ones who then carry that grief a full lifetime. So we're all together in this world of liberty and freedoms that we live in. Consequently, we have honored the women out there. Stories of Rosie the Riveter, the Wasp, the Wax, the Waves, the Red Cross ladies who served on the front line were killed, the nurses who were killed in the wars. We have a special place for them. We call it Women of History, a location where we have statues and walls and bricks with the names of these people. Very, very good. Frank,
0: it has been an honor and a true pleasure to visit with you and have you share. For further information for the listener, do you have a website, or how could they learn more about the Veterans Memorial here in McAllen?
1: Oh, that's excellent. Yes, we have an excellent website. It's www.mcallen.net/slash veterans and that lays out our memorial. It shows the flags and the grasses and the walls and the benches and it shows the spire that we talked about. Anyone may become a guardian of this memorial. All they have to do is to fill out the papers for us and we have ways to
0: put their names down or bricks down or otherwise. Colonel Frank Plummer an absolute true honor and a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for coming down.
1: I hope everyone has a chance to look at this. It's it's a great tribute to the men and women who gave their lives for this nation. And we hope it will stand for a long, long time on these granite walls so that the future children, our leaders of tomorrow, will remember the sacrifices of these people who made America a great. Americans have a great deal of courage and spirit that is reflected throughout this memorial. and It has been a real pleasure for all of us on this committee to work on this project. Thank you for coming down, Tom.
0: Thank you, my honor.
1: Frank Plummer, Colonel retired in the United States Army, in the service 1943,
0: got out in 1975. Here we are in McAllen, Texas.
1: Yes, I moved here in 75 when I retired from the Army
0: When you joined the service, 1943, you were shipped out to where?
1: Joined the Army as I enlisted, and then I went to basic training, and from there I went into the 100th Infantry Division. Actually, went into ASTP, it was called rose to a squad leader, made corporal, and we went to OCS. After OCS, I went over to uh, Paris, Texas and taught machine guns. Then I was sent to the Pacific. I got there at the end of the war. I was in the Philippines, sat on a ship for a long time with about 300 other second lieutenant infantry waiting to go into the invasion of Japan and the war ends and we then stayed in the
0: Philippines for a year. And then you came home and you got out of the service for a while?
1: Uh, yeah, I went back to college, had a scholarship to University of Oklahoma for football, then went back to the military.
0: And what made you decide to go back in?
1: My roommate busted his knee, and I thought, what am I doing here playing football? i have started to be a doctor. What am I doing here at football? I had a scholarship, so I was caught in sort of a conundrum there. So I called up my reserve unit I was in. They said, we need you over in Germany. You're a paratrooper, and we need to have loading officers for Berlin Airlift. So I said... That night, I called him, I said, take me. A week later, I had orders to go back to Germany. I was the first lieutenant then. Went back there and started working on the Berlin Airlift as a loading officer.
0: Eventually, Korea started. Then you got shipped over to Korea.
1: Yeah, I went to various schools, and then uh, I got shipped to Korea. I got stopped in Japan after seven days of goofing around over there. I was going to 187th Airborne. I went into a special assignment, undercover assignment in Korea. I ran agents into North Korea. Worked at one job, but really worked on another job. I came back from there in 1955. I went to Japan, ostensibly. I got out of the Army. I was in undercover again, worked as an economist downtown Tokyo, but I was running agents into Russia and into China. So I got out of that, went back to 82nd Airborne Division finally and then continued on and next war I got into was 64 went on into Vietnam and there I was in 3rd Corps of G3 and I was also air mobile commander came out of there came back to the United States another job now
0: you did two tours in Vietnam right yes
1: no. my second tour was in 1971 and 72 and then I went back in and I became the 8th Arvin Division the advisor to the commander
0: spent a year in there was wounded over there wounded with general hollingsworth right well, same time same place we were in the same area uh-huh. at, near anlock general hollingsworth
1: was there he was my boss during all this time this year there in fact we were surrounded there at the end and i didn't get out for a week after i was supposed to come home they took me out of there they flew me directly home so i, if I got killed he'd have gotten in trouble he said so I came back to the States, and finally in 75, I retired. had a lot of jobs, lived in a lot of different places.
0: At that point, 75, you went out as a full bird colonel, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I had commanded during this period the first airborne brigade, paratrooper brigade over Europe, but I came back
0: as a full colonel and retired here in McAllen, Texas. You've been listening to retired Army Colonel Frank Plummer. I'm your host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from McAllen, Texas.